All right, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of SCP Meta, aka Config Call In. This is your host, Lack of Lepers, aka SCP CRNP. And this is our weekly broadcast. We cover everything to do with the space involved with the SCP Wiki. We call that containment fiction. So, SCP Meta Config. We are a live show. You can join us via our Discord in the Society for Containment Fiction channel. You also have the option to dial our phone number. We do have an exclusive phone number for when we are live, which is every Saturday from 11 Central till about 12 or so. And you can call that number 316-444-3115. Again, that is 316-444-3115. And I'm going to put that up on the screen just here for those who are watching. All right, uh, so on that note, we do have something very exciting. I've been waiting for this for quite a while to kick us off. And um, that is going to be a voicemail that somebody left on our wonderful, wonderful Skype. So thank you very, very much. This is um, going to be Dr. Fern. Before we go any further, I'd like to thank the individuals who are joining us. Uh, we got uh, Almer Duck in the house. Of course, Dr. Fern is chilling. And the one and only Jane Bond. Thank you all very much for being here. Thank you. All right, so let's get to this uh, voicemail. Dr. Fern has been so kind as to leave us one. So let us uh, take a peek at this. This is uh, about a minute or two, uh, and uh, so we'll, uh, we'll listen to the story. Y'all let me know if you can't hear this, but it should come through just fine. Fern, wanted to leave a message for the show and actually just tell a little story about anecdotes. Hey, this is actually Dr. Fern. wanted to leave a message for the show and actually just tell a little story about and experience with the liminal eye actually in real life experience. A couple years ago, my sister-in-law was in the hospital uh, mm. for premature labor for her first children. Oh, wow. Instead of twins. Wow. And we were there all night. Now, her birth room was on the second floor and that's where the rating room was. But on the fifth floor of the hospital was the free coffee and snack there we can go to. So throughout the night, I would take trips up to the second and fifth floor Still get free coffee to keep me awake for this all-nighter while we, you know, anxiously awake to see what happens first. Mm-hmm. Now, during one of these trips, probably about like three at night, I remember getting into the coffee room, getting a cup of coffee, exiting the room, and then noticing that everything was different. The halls seemed to just go longer than what they should have. There was nobody, not even a nurse or a janitor in the hallway. It was just me walking and I would, and I went the way that I remember was the right way and it was just more hallways. I turned a corner, it's Uh-oh. more hallways. I kept going in loops loops what felt like hours until finally I managed to find the elevator back down to the the waiting room and mixed in with the emotion the entire night, that entire circumstance still stuck me. Fast forward to like today and I find out there's a whole entire community of people Writing fictional articles about stuff like this, something that actually in real life happened to me, was shocking to say the least. That's my story. I want hope you can use the show. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Fern. Have a wonderful day. Oh, that that's great. Thank you very much, Dr. Fern, for leaving that. Yeah, um, great story. Hospitals are just such liminal spaces. They're just so rife with creepiness. I used to work at, I still work at a hospital, but I used to work at um, a unit on the night shift. And I would swear sitting there at night, uh, just trying my hardest to stay awake, 
looking down the very long hallway of, of uh, repetitive rooms, I could have sworn that it elongated in front of my vision. But uh, yeah, um, well, I hope the birth went well. Um, and uh, certainly the disorienting situation, I'm sure, didn't help that. But uh, that's, that's limbic fuel for you. Congratulations. Yeah, a lot of good births happening. Uh, one thing, mm -hmm. uh, a stream, it's like uh, cutting off and on. I'm not sure why. Is this like the... sometimes it displays nicely and sometimes it's it cuts on and off. Hmm, okay. I'll, I'll go back and look at that. It could be that I'm trying too much at once. I got a couple things, um, but I can simplify that. Is it the audio or is it just the video? No, just the video. Okay. Well, we'll see what it, we can do. Uh, we try to make this uh, audio friendly as it is, because um, it does it does show up in podcast form. So we'll I'll take a look at that. Uh, I'll look at the replay. Um, probably be more than I can than I can chew uh, right now to try to fix in real time. But thanks for letting me know. All right, so just um, to start things off with, we'll go through our local news. So the magazine article this week is a nice uh, J article. This is SCP six nine seven eight J, a generic SCP. This is written by wiki.user Orion GS, and it's just a very brief read, probably two minutes, um, nothing nothing too fancy, uh, but I, f I felt like it was really nice. This showed up on the SCP wiki, and it was uh, it was downvoted pretty, pretty quickly, pretty swiftly. Um, I thought there was a little more to it than what was being cr uh, credited to it, so uh, here it is. If you haven't read it, uh, check it out, and uh, that's our magazine article for the week. And so... Um, the next thing that we're going to be doing is recommendations. So this week's recommendation, we'll actually have one from the RPC Authority, and we'll have one from the SCP Authority. It was a busy, a busy week for me reading. And this week's RPC article of the week is RPC 470, written in part by one of our participants uh, present here, uh, Almer Doug, and also <laughs> thank uh, you. yeah, co-written. Thank you, co-written with uh, Prototype Toaster who, um, if, I, if I understand correctly, did a lot of the media, and which certainly is an impressive part of, of the article. But um, yeah, Almo, Dick, what can you tell us about this? Well, it's mostly Proto's achievement. I, the only thing I provided was the mystery plot and kind of the general organization, but the soul of the article is his. Um, all the know-how of the internet and all the images the context that's necessary to write this kind of article it's all his part mm. um i also made the conclusion but uh, it was kind of running off of his fumes more or less i don't feel really bad shelling it because i don't feel i had any role in its success yeah it kind of gives you a little more leeway you're, you're the the shilling arm of the operation i see you, you get the marketing push going. Yeah, so this doesn't need a shill. It doesn't need a marketing push. This is an incredibly well-written article. And for those of you who may know Prototype Toaster just uh, from the days of old, uh, his early days participating in the SCP Wiki, uh, this is just an incredibly talented article. Uh, there's no nonsense here. Um, I mean, everything. there's so much detail. There's so much attention to detail. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful example of... Um, of painting a picture that you're given just the right amount of mystique in and it really grips you from the beginning and it doesn't let go. Uh, there are very, very few moments in this where uh, it isn't running at just an ineffable pace. It's just amazingly uh, engaging, 
Um, I've particularly enjoyed how there's so much extra detail in the images. We, a lot of these things are uh, social media sort of captures um, and, and forum post captures. And, and the details that you would obviously potentially miss if you just glossed over those, if you didn't read carefully. I want to thank you, uh, that owl dude, for showing up. Thanks for thanks for being here today. Hey, uh, thanks. And so if you haven't read SCP-470, I do recommend you do it. I think the rating here at five stars. <laughs> a few minutes ago, it was SCP Authority that you said. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, that's one. That's um, having a stroke live here. Um, yeah, so no, sorry about that, RPC. Uh, it has a perfect five rating, uh, even the aggregate that doesn't have, doesn't look like, I don't want to ruin that and jinx it, but um, this is a very, a very adequate uh, rating for this. So, excellent job. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to have Karota with him because Karota was always uh, a writer. I felt that he had a lot of potential, but never quite lived up to it because he waffles around, he loses attention, uh, doesn't finish his projects, he just um, never quite got there. And mm. seeing him really put his all into this collab felt really rewarding because I had expecting him to write something very good for a long, long time. And did it. Well, I mean, yeah. holy shit, it's amazing. I mean, it's so good. It sounds like you kind of maybe had a, a coaching role in that, so that's excellent. Sometimes people just need a little boost, and, and whether it's confidence or whether it's just that little extra kick um, to get things pushed through, I'm, I'm thankful that you did that and, and absolutely thankful for Prototype Toaster reading that. Now, on, the, on a larger note, uh, that is one of the entries in the Broader Horizons uh, contest at RPC, which is finished, and the winners have been announced. Um, First place went to RPC 880 um, by 8ismo, or I think Gizmo is also what you say. Um, Better My Butter, uh, who we know, came in second place. And then the piece that I just recommended um, was tied uh, for third. Uh, the other tie being uh, Vizlox, uh, I believe this is a tale. So um, I'm very excited to read all of this, haven't gotten to it yet, but if, if what I read was the third place, you know, uh, damn, we're, we're going to see how things shake out. But um, you know, I've, I've long, I've long felt like second and third place. You know, basically, basically right up there with whoever wins. Yeah, I really like the winning entries, but they kind of fell short in some ways. Like, there's the potential there with like a little more rewrite, a little more time in the oven. That would have been fucking great. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you'll see what I mean. Them. Okay. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to reading that this week. Uh, speaking of which, so we'll move on to the SCP recommendations of this week. Now, this week I tried, uh, I put myself to the very difficult task of trying to read every article that came through, uh, and I even casted that on the Twitch um, just to make it a little more uh, engaging, hopefully, but it, it uh, only lasted four days. It was uh, quite exhausting. There wasn't a lot of reward for that, but I did get to read a lot of articles, and uh, of the... I think of the 10 I read, two of them I can recommend, uh, which which is commentary on why I'm not doing that anymore, but that's that's for another time. But this one, uh, SCP-6918, um, has, has a very underrated rating, uh, but it's a very nice, uh, pretty simplistic article in its layout and, and what it's actually dealing with, which is a temporal anomaly. Um, but it's, it's just a highly conceptual article, and it does a very, very good job of taking what usually is a very sticky subject, it's very difficult to write, 
temporal anomalies. And it does uh, does this with a really, really um, knack, a real good knack for making it work, uh, telling you the ending up front, and then through these entries, which are journal entries, um, makes it uh, makes it very, very engaging to get to that ending that you already know is coming. God, those collapsibles are intimidating. Yeah, and, and another reason I couldn't get through all the articles, it was just... It became clear after four days that it was just going to be all-encompassing. I could either do this and nothing else, or just find find something else to do. Um, if I committed to this totally, I mean, I wouldn't be able to write anything. I wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, but these are these are all relatively. That's part of what the statistics that I feel I think we're going to discuss them later. Yeah, let's actually hit that right now. So um, I didn't want to pull it up too much, but uh, Almerduk is working, I believe, on an article for the magazine. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And one of our members, Salt Blossom, has gotten into uh, some statistical analysis of, of Wikidot sites. So you got SCP and there's a little bit of RPC going on too. Uh, Omar, would you like to summarize what, uh, what we've been looking at so far there? Yeah, um, we had uh, a few versions of that analysis and um, the general trends that we, that we are noticing is that um, Length by series, like um, by blocks of a thousand, are getting generally very. Um, they are kind of like doubling a few times over. Uh, they double between uh, series two and series three, and they double again between series series six and five and seven. Uh, we had a few versions of this analysis because. Uh, one of them included offsets, other of them did not. Mm -hmm. The other one was organizing histograms, and although there is a lot of different ways to interpret what what exactly the phenomenon we're looking at is, um, bottom line is articles are uh, the average length of articles is getting way way longer. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the average for series seven, which uh, admittedly it's kind of. Um, uh, outliers kind of stretch the average a lot, but the average length of an article in Series 7 is uh, more or less the same as a novella chapter. Oh boy. But keep in mind, a uh, novella has like 30 of them mm. at most, and Series 7 has a thousand of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just to I, give you a sense of magnitude. I, I think it's and been a. This is even with. Uh... Yeah. Go ahead. This is even with the trend of short articles that we had a while ago. Exactly, and exactly. Really short, like less than a thousand. And this is counting the the 300 or so empty slots in the series as zeros. Wow, wow. Uh, it's going to get larger. Yeah, the number I, is going to get way longer. And I, I, think, I think those past uh, statistical analyses of the previous series excluded the really, really dramatically long ones like... Uh, uh, I can't remember that one, what happened to site um, 13, 17, 30, I suppose it is, but also ones like uh, SCP-6500, you know, more recent ones that are just just so outlying that it's best to ignore them, to truncate them out of the Actually, calculation. Actually, no, because uh, the, the reason 1730 was excluded was because, um, the reason 6500 was excluded was because it used offsets. Uh, mm. 1730 does not use offsets, so oh, I see. it could be included. Okay. Uh, it also doesn't include uh, 093, which is insanely long, but 
since all of the content is in supplemental uh, files and not attached to the article, uh, I think we had no way of checking their length. Yeah, so that, that'll be in an upcoming article. Um, kind of wanted to tease it here and give the main uh, reveal to the authors for that article, but it's really, really fascinating. And uh, just want to pat ourselves in the back. I don't think you're getting this sort of analysis and attention to detail anywhere else. So check that out. Uh, keep an eye out for that. That's coming up. And thank then, uh, this, thank you. And the second article I would recommend is uh, 6877. This is an SCP article uh, with a rating of 26, which is well below what it should be. Uh, but this is a really interesting article. Um, the image sort of gives you the gist. It's about a guide mast that extends into the clouds and, and an anomalous effect uh, spatio-temporally happens above the clouds there. Um, the logs are not too long, and I think the author has a really good sense of pacing. And if you notice, I don't know if this is the CSS, but it sort of like lightens in the text as it gets closer to the bottom. And um, if you read the article, it really ties into the ascent of this guide mast into these uh, grayer and more obfuscating clouds. So uh, just some nice touches in this, but uh, ultimately it's about the text, uh, not the gimmicks. And this is a really, really well-written well article. Oh, I'll read that later. Um, and just on that note, uh, so I'm going to try to keep up with the SCPs, um, but I just, I don't think I can read them all. It's kind of like if you've ever heard like, uh, Simon Cowell, you know, on the, um, singing competition shows where you hear like 10 seconds of a song and you basically, or someone's singing and you basically know, uh, what the quality is. You don't have to listen to it for another 12 minutes to know that it probably isn't going to be your thing. So uh, we'll, we'll keep reading and we'll keep having recommendations, but if y'all would like to recommend things, uh, there's a channel obviously that we have here, um, on the discord. And, uh, if I don't have a chance to read, I'll probably just pull from there, uh, and may even ask you about a little bit of commentary as to why you recommended it, but keep doing that. Um, uh, it's a great way to filter out some of the good stuff in this space. All right. Uh, so moving on a little bit, uh, we'll kind of get into uh, the fandom, um, the, the little bit of a larger community here than just our local news and see what's been going on in the space. Um, this is late last month on the screen here. Hopefully you can see, uh, but this is the Exploring Series who we're all familiar with, who does a very, very good job, I think. Um, you know, one of the more fidelitous of the YouTube uh, content sort of regurgitators and adapters. Um, their videos can go for hours to get the gist of the article that they're that they're using and this particular video is about scp 6800 an article called the white ashes now i took a look back at this and here it is in case you may have seen it um, of course my computer has trouble with all this uh this wizardry going on here but this was an entry into the 6k contest and as you can see it has a table of contents so it um follows in the footsteps of the statistical trend that Almerduk was talking about. And you might notice God, if that scrolling, that scrolling line at the right, <laughs> it's very small. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, um, gosh, and, and once, once again, once you get to a collapsible and you hit that, how many of you look at that scroll bar and, and just gauge how far up it goes <laughs> You know, when you click the, the collapsible, it's like, Oh, sheesh. I, I like to scroll to the ending and, if there's some kind of formatting or something that catches my eye, I'll read it until that point. If it doesn't, I just mm. quit it. 
Yeah, this is really, uh, you know, a larger point. And actually, I was listening, I was finishing up the Dr. Gears interview with Sean Saxon on YouTube. I don't know if y'all have heard that. Um, that's really, really a great, great interview. It's about three hours long. I was finishing it up. And Dr. Gears was actually making this point, which I, obviously I agree with, which is that it's becoming more and more imperative, uh, particularly with the inundation of content that we see on the SCP, to really stand out. Um, and unfortunately, I think most of that is being done what, with length, uh, with CSS wizardry. Um, but of course, Dr. Gears was recommending that you do it in your actual writing so that by the first or second sentence of the containment procedures, uh, you've, you've put your best foot forward. So um, I'm kind of like you, Alma Duck. I mean, if I get to a certain point in the article and, and I just know it's it's that 10 second clip of someone singing and I just I just know it's just, it's a mm -mm, nope, <laughs> not going to work. But uh, I haven't watched the interview you're talking about, but mm. uh, what you're saying gives me the distinct impression that Gears does not look very happy about SCP. <laughs> Yeah, if you, I would really, really <clears throat> recommend this. I'm going to uh, try to pull this up without um, rest in peace headphone users kind of thing. But um, yeah, here's his YouTube channel, Sean Saxon. He's done a really wonderful series of interviews, um, including DJ Cactus, including Randomini, and now Dr. Gears. And he does sort of group interviews with uh, others in the space. For example, his recent one is with uh, Dr. Gears and Dr. Clef. And it's sort of the white guard of YouTube, you could say, in this sense. And these these interviews are remarkably uh, educational. They're really they're really fantastic listens. Here's the Dr. Gears one. And yes, you're right, Elmer Duck. He does actually say a lot about uh, the SCP. Um, it's very very interesting to listen to what he has to say. Um, maybe surprise you, maybe not. He does have he sort of, sort of echoes a lot of the things that we might criticize in this uh, Discord server, actually. But highly recommend that, and uh, I do um, reaction videos to these on, on my uh, YouTube, just FYI. I'll put a link in the description of this if you want to watch that with me and um, listen to me ranting. But back to the SCP-6800, The White Ashes. This is by an author by the name of, uh, I think it's Mar Marcel Rains, who, you know, um, as far as I understand, you know, fine author. Uh, nothing, nothing really against this individual at all. But it seems as though, let me double check this. Yes, Marcellus Reigns, here's the name. Um, but it seems as though this didn't go very well. Um, if you actually scroll down to the comments, it, it's interesting. You see a lot of individuals sort of putting forth a more critical foot than usual. Um, for example, here's just, here's just an example one. Uh, there are a lot of these. Um, Eh, I don't know. This is a good read, but by the logic in the story seems flimsy in several places. Uh, the Foundation, even past their initial lack of response, don't seem much like themselves. And this is beyond their simplest ideal of keeping humanity alive. Um, and so it was a little bit of a stir. Uh, I didn't really care for this one. Uh, one main problem in the story, uh, I was surprised to see this one. Um, yeah, it, it really got very, very mixed reviews. Uh, and if we actually go back to the article... This one is sitting pretty. It's sitting pretty at about 238. So it's just interesting to see, I think, um, wh what is this a sign of when you take an article that's highly successful on the site, pop it out into the greater fandom. And uh, I, I don't know, it seems as maybe though there's an echo chamber of the definition of quality perhaps being amplified on the actual SCP. Um, but this was, this was something interesting to see um, in that typically, you know, we're pining for more 
sort of creative uh, criticism going on. But if uh, if you haven't seen it on YouTube lately, here's a good spot for it. I've seen a bunch of this criticism uh, outside of the wiki, and that's really, really odd for any kind of fandom, because look over to Backrooms, and you could have an article written by a 12-year-old, and YouTube commenters will, would, will still praise it. So, seeing YouTube commenters start uh, literary criticism is kind of unique, actually. and. I think it's this speaks as to how uh, SCP is becoming more insular. Mm. Insular. I don't mm. think that's the correct pronunciation. Mm. Um, yeah, you got it. I wouldn't go as far as to call it an echo chamber, but there's definitely a separation between the standards SCP has and standards other people have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like this one. Uh, they felt like it was a little preachy. You know, um, it does deal with themes of environmental change. Um, and um, I, I think uh, I think more people had an issue with how that uh, sort of meta message, that sort of, you know, preachy kind of message sort of wedged itself into, um, you know, the more traditional roles of things that are that are featured in the article, like, for example, the Fae um, and, and the general... Um, ideals and goals of the foundation so um yeah it, it's you know for example this guy uh, this individual as much as i listening to these stories as i enjoy listening to these stories this one sticks out in my mind as an obvious outlier no shade to the creator as they put effort in this but there's some serious issues with some specific parts and so yeah i, I agree with you Almer Duck. one of the special things about the scp wiki and its community really is how it was raised uh in terms of its you know creative prowess you know i think it's had high standards for a very, very long time. Um, I'm a little worried about it, once again, having read every SCP article this week that made it to the wiki. Uh, I, I do remember one article that had just a tremendous amount of uh, simple grammatical errors, um, you know, spag stuff, uh, just to the extent that it was uh, a little alarming that no one, even in the comments, kind of brought that out as, as something to mention. And yet this article was probably one of the, the more higher rated ones. Uh, that I looked at this week, so... Um, but yeah, I noticed that too. Um, that sort of thing, to me, was always something that I would see in RPC. Uh, like, I love RPC, but we do a, a very poor job with keeping uh, a grammar standard, so seeing it in SCP, which I really associated with having Perfect clinical tone, perfect grammar everywhere, mm -hmm. and the people making sure that was always the case is kind of, yeah, alarming. Yeah. You know, and, and at some point, you know, the 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 train is going to go so fast with so much momentum behind it, so many train cars attached that you're going to lose, you're going to lose control of it. And, um, you know, I, I think that we would be seeing some of this happened you know we, we talk a lot of game about scp and why we don't like it and you know, we have we have hang-ups with it for sure but i think a lot of the things that we're seeing happening would happen even in the most ideal sociological setup so even if there was no you know corruption or you know um political scandal or you know something like a like a sanctioned double standard going on uh, in mass you know i think these would still be problems because once you get so popular what really happens is that bell curve of of kind of mundane writing just expands faster than uh, than the tail ends of that bell curve. So there's way more mediocre article content coming in. 
uh, and, and just those standards that the SCP is known for, that it almost seems, if you look at this SCP-6800 YouTube comments, it's sort of being uh, stewarded now by the outer community in some ways. Um, you know, the standards from the SCP Wiki, it's really, really hard for those to scale with, uh, with size. Uh, so as the Wiki is getting more popular, I, th I think, you know, I mean, hey, at some point things get too big, they get top heavy, they fall over. That's just, that's just life. Um, I don't want to be dramatic about it, but it, it is a little alarming to see articles that have just, you know, tremendously egregious uh, spag issues um, be more upvoted than, for example, the ones that I shared with you today as recommendations. Because keep in mind that this isn't nothing. This is a, a decade-long standard that has been now kept. And seeing it start to fade away survived like 10 years of community change is worrying. It should be worrying because the community survived containment breach and improved after that but it's not surviving this second wave of popularity it's losing mm -hmm. its basic standards which it sounds like fear-mongering i am i am i'm kind of a conspiracist in this um, area of my thought but i think it's still worth um worrying about these things so our worst imaginations of the future don't come true like Let's start addressing this these things that we think are minor issues now. Yeah, there is a there's a grammar error here. There's a clinical tone fall in there, but the article is still good. Still good. Um, the story is good. It's compelling. And when we started dropping these tiny bits of standard, like we're giving a hole for entropy to come through and start tearing apart the entire standard. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't actually even go so far as to call it commu uh, conspiracy theorist. I, I think it was just more alarmism um, because, you know, it's very, very easy for especially a large demographic of people to sort of be uh, anesthetized to, you know, these standards. And it's very easy to lose sight of them and and uh, move on from them without even understanding that you've done that. So, you know, I think it is concerning, like you say. Um, but I think the more important thing to recognize is that it's not really going away. It's just becoming more decentralized. Um, for example, you know, RPC, once again, I don't know if this is because I'm reading contest entries, uh, which, you know, obviously have a little more degree of competition behind them uh, than just an average article. Um, so I don't know if it's that, that I was reading RPC articles that are in a contest and I was reading SCP articles that, that weren't. Um, but... You know, the difference in quality between the SCP and the RPC was tremendous. It was alarming, actually. Um, and, you know, I think that part of that, if only, is due to the uh, lower amount of influx of, of mediocrity, quite honestly, coming into the RPC. Um, and I think you get to spend a little more time, you know, it's a little more one-on-one -on -one in the RPC um, than it is with the SCP. The trade-off you make at the SCP is you have more uh, potential audience, but... Uh, at the same time, you know, you're thrown into a greater sea of faces that uh, that may not care to recognize you. So certainly has benefits, but um, I, I think I think slowly, slowly RPC is um, rising to the level of what SCP standards used to be. And if you ask me, I think they're already there. I don't think it's quite there yet because there is a lot of um, inconsistency in articles. Like um, a friend of mine, Jimmy Boy Haha, put it very well that... RPC articles, when they're good, they're very good. 
when they're bad. <laughs> Good God, they're <laughs> yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. And this is true until today. Uh, you could look at a fairly recent article and still find that it's terrible. But um, seeing that the standards of RPC and SCP actually aren't as far as one would expect them to be is... Uh, it feels kind of depressing, actually. Like, I when I started, like, dating back in the day that RPC was better than SCP, I... I didn't fucking mean it. I didn't think it would be ever true. And hmm. seeing it slowly, seeing myself slowly come right in the degree that mm -hmm. uh, RPC is getting better those than SCP doesn't feel rewarding at all. It's yeah, actually just sad. Yeah, it is. You don't. You can't get any joy from telling people that you told them so. You know, you you can't. There's no joy in that. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that. At RPC, the quality of the best articles is just as good as the, the quality of really, really good articles on, on the SCP. I think obviously just by sheer scale, um, you know, there is a larger concentration of talented authors at the SCP, uh, but once again, that's just playing numbers. Um, I do think that there are a larger number of, of absolutely forgettable uh, entries and authors at the SCP, and I think ultimately that's what's bringing it down. Um, that's really going to take up a larger and larger portion of its mass, and at some point it's going to sag to the point. Um, for example, like this week, I just can't, I couldn't, I, the, the two articles that I recommended that I read were fantastic, fantastic articles. It's hard to get better, in my opinion, but um, it still wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth the slog of getting through. So, um, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks. You know, uh, maybe the proper analogy is, is being in a metropolis uh, as opposed to being somewhere a little more rural. Um, but I think, I think the bottom line is it's important to have a multitude of, of styles and places for us to get into and potentially write. Um, you know, and, and kudos to anybody at the RPC and these smaller, lesser-known communities because I think there's something to be said for stripping away some of the more degenerative and distractive qualities of, of writing in you know, today's social media environment and stripping those things away and asking yourself, you know, do I still want to write? All right, um, and then James Bond says uh, we should have a page for Limfic on Containment Fiction Wiki, and I totally agree with that. I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't started that yet. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I'll um, I'll push that to to Harmony. We'll get that going for sure. And speaking of which, uh, here's an interesting thread on Twitter that we found um, from a little over a week ago. Um, this is an individual saying, "I wish the back rooms didn't have a silly monster. The locations are spooky enough as it is." Things don't need a monster to be spooky. Sometimes a hallway is a monster, and that is okay. And this um, got a lot of attention uh, um, around this with a lot of responses. Um, and I thought this was interesting because of the past few weeks we've been talking about, about back rooms. Of course, that uh, tweet from Quantum um, saying that the whole idea wasn't really that fertile uh, creatively. Um, but this was an interesting thread to get through. Um, I'll just share that in the in the lounge here. James Bond says, um, "Mr. Ferrante started another Limfic wiki. Um, what is this? Timeless pieces? Is that what this is called? Places. Timeless places. My bad. Let's pop that up on the screen for a second. Give it a little bit of love. If it'll load, this is why I don't do things live on my browser. No bueno." 
This is the worst, worst, <laughs> this is the worst produced podcast ever. All right, this looks pretty cool, by the way. My computer's not loading, but this is nice. Uh, timeless places, sleep tight. We'll take a look at this. Um, who is Mr. Ferrante? Do we know? He's a YouTuber that um, he used to be the most popular one that to uh, cover uh, Akrooms uh, sort of content. Uh, slowly, he kind of dropped off. And then he left the original backrooms, affected to Liminal Archives, and had a kind of renaissance period recently. And he just stopped and he's doing this now. Uh, hmm. I'm not sure why that happened at all, but he's doing this now. This is interesting. Um, so I just went to a random article. Uh, plus nine, so I mean, we got good engagement for a relatively young wiki. Uh, it would seem, and I quite like the CSS theme. They got some nice little uh, gimmicks going on here with the with the links. But um, yeah, okay. Well, thanks for sharing this. I'll I'll tuck that away. Let's put that in the uh, in the resources channel just in case someone hasn't seen that. That's pretty cool. Um, okay, uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, speaking of Twitter, so this is something interesting that happened. No one's quite sure about the details. Rumors are swirling, uh, but Lord Bung, who we may know from a, a successful YouTube series. <clears throat> basically a cartoon uh, going through various SCPs, uh, has deleted their Twitter account uh, as of this week. And this is, um, obviously this was someone who is quite, quite followed. Um, there's a lot of rumors swirling around, uh, none of which, of course, we can definitively comment on, but uh, we we certainly hope that Lord Bung is doing okay and um, will return at least to um, the creative content that we know them for. Jesus Christ, everyone is fucking quitting lately. <laughs> yeah, we're actually, that's a great segue. Let's go ahead and get into the rest. So this is someone else who left um, this week, and uh, this is a user by the name of Steph Lynch, uh, who you may know. I think that most people who've been around the wiki know this individual very well. As you can see on the wiki dot, uh, profile, been around since December 2013, and for some reason, we don't really have a source on this. We don't really have any details on this. Um, essentially in the last few days deleted everything they've ever put in on, on, on the wiki. And if you're not familiar, this individual has uh, been writing since, you know, maybe 2016, 2017, has a plethora of very, very successful uh, articles, some of which you can, actually all of which you can still see in this page on the wiki, which is the deletion tag page. All of these are in the process of being deleted. But uh, another um, hat that Steph Lynch was very, very good at was art. And so you may remember these, but this is the Milk Jesus. Of course, we all remember uh, Milk Jesus uh, 6425, SCP 6425, I think it was, uh, and all that stuff, all that good fun. But yeah, so there's there was just a lot of really talented work by this individual. Yeah, the gifts in 6747, those were their work. What about 6747? Uh, the gifts, the art in 6747, where they work, mm. Steph made them. Uh. Also for uh, I think uh, six eight twenty. Mm -hmm. Oh, were also theirs and the fucking Jaeger article for the Pacific Rim canon. Yeah, yeah. So we I think we see some of that on screen right now. <laughs> yep. And then so this uh, yeah also the individual who redid the Gate Guardian image, which obviously is vastly superior to what it was, uh, and of course some schematics that I think are probably useful. Um, you know, something like a Scranton reality anchor. So just a lot of varied talent 
in this. Oh, the Giffen, Giffen eight three five too. Eight nine five. Uh, mm -hmm. That's yeah. the the coffin. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. it's on screen, it fucks up things. Yeah, and this author, um, obviously, I don't think was around for the the first of the wiki. Uh, kind of snuck in a very early article, uh, eight nine five, but also six one eight, which has been filled. I think at this point, a few articles. If you look on the deletion page, uh, attempted. You can see three attempts at SCP six one eight here, and uh, I think it's finally been filled successfully. I think the author who got that space is uh, J. Uh, no plague plague PJP. I haven't read the article, but I did take a brief look at it. It looks to be sort of in the series one style. It's very short, um, not a lot, not a lot going on. So that, I at least appreciate that part of it. Um, have yet to see if it's actually what I think of it, but of course it's there. Someone, uh, of course it's short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, if it would have been longer, it would have not snatched the space. Yeah, I, I hope so. I think that as if these spaces reopen, yeah, it's the least you can do is to just you know give a nod. I think hopefully to the to the past, the past styles there, um, just for continuity. But anyway, so if you go to the um, Twitter of this individual, something something today basically that was released was interesting. Once again, we don't really have a lot of information as to why this individual left. The individual who reported this to us uh, initially just by uh, rumor and, and hearsay um, said something to the extent of. Um, you guys know why I'm quitting, was, was kind of the gist of it. Um, but then we see this tweet pop up uh, 10 hours ago, and it says, you know that feeling when you burn down your house, and 24 hours after the fact you're standing there staring at the wreckage and thinking to yourself, why did I even do that? That's me right now, oops. So hopefully this means that uh, Steph Lynch will be back. Uh, this is a very, very talented asset for the SCP Wiki. Um, not a lot of information about why would why it was quit so maybe that's just an indication that it was uh yeah, you know more of a, why the fuck did they do that <laughs> why i don't know but you know just to continue that's the trend that we've seen um and in fact we'll go ahead and mention this uh this is new to 05 today um lily flower who has been uh you know a member for a very very long time in in staff quite a lot and actually was uh Elevated to the anti-harassment team in 2020 by Dr. Mann after sing, uh, Sola Singularity was sort of asked to step down in the midst of that um, sexual scandal. And uh, more recently was promoted to ca captain of the licensing team uh, and oversaw the removal of the uh, SCP-173 image. And that was just a few months ago, really. So uh, we have this message from Lily Flower, who um, I think most people in this discord server at least um probably has something to say about but uh, she says uh, so effective now i'm retiring from staff this is something i've been considering for month uh, for months i was reading the charter rewrite uh, which is just a rat's nest and realized that i don't have the enthusiasm anymore um, and later goes on to say maybe i'll come back and write again sometime but for now um probably not for a while so, yeah, just sad to see in some ways another individual just be completely burnt out. And I have a little bit more sympathy than I usually would because, like I said, I tried to read every SCP this week. And uh, by the end of it, I wanted to, I was dreading it. I was dreading it. So I wanted to end myself, really. Uh, so I got out of there. So I totally sympathize with this. Um, but on the whole, uh, I, think this is, I think this is a good thing for the SCP wiki, quite honestly. All right, um, and that's really, I guess, the roundup of people who are leaving. Hopefully, um, once again, hopefully Steph Lynch will come back. And then if you hadn't seen before on that deletion page, there's something that we may have caught our eye with, which is called SCP Meow J. 
Now, this is in somewhat of a context with what we've been speaking about in the last few weeks, that being uh, clot, uh, not clot, uh, uh, SCPPL cot J, which, as you recall, is simply the image of a cat. And that was its own fiasco, I suppose. Um, but it seems as though it's not quite done. So now we have the textual evolution of that article to where now we have a little more going on here. There's, um, there's somewhat of a semblance of the format. Um, and of course, most of the text here, in fact, every, every bit of the text is uh, meow. So here it is on the screen. And there you go. There's the article. There's the J. Uh, not sure if it made you laugh. Initially, it didn't make people laugh. So this was, um, it's actually been posted twice. The, the author of this posted this in quick succession of one another very quickly. And the first time it seems to have failed pretty badly at a negative 15 rating uh, with people not liking it very much. But if you go to the new pages, you see it's also there with um, 21 comments. And clicking on that, we now have uh, really the same article. These images were there previously on the other one. And now it's at plus 60. So, wow, what a, what a difference. This is, once again, posted just uh, about an hour apart from this one and this one. So, um yeah, this has been this has been changed in very small ways. In fact, if you want to go to a difference checker, uh, we can see just a, an addition of 32 meows, really. Uh, those being a collapsible here, and one final image with a redacted caption, which which four letters, which I wonder what that is. So. Um, Interesting. It just goes to show you, perhaps, uh, maybe this is some commentary on just how tenuous the line between success and failure is on something as uh, hard-hitting hard and, and high standards as the SCP Wiki. Um, but it seems as though the collapse... Oh, we've will... always known for a while that uh, cat articles are immune to criticism. Yeah. This has been long <laughs> yeah. known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's really, it's really a wonderful build in this direction, uh, th this really limitless capability in this direction. Because the first article, for example, had a, a very cute picture of a cat, and obviously that gets an upvote, right? Um, there's nothing there that you can't upvote. And so this article actually takes that and very, very cleverly sort of plays with that theme. It has um, multiple cats in the first image and um, actually really ups the stakes, uh, really pushes the boundary of this new this new uh, direction, new genre, subgenre, or style, and um, has a second picture of a cat. And then a, th a third where they're fighting, so we have some action, and then rounding it out with a fourth. So, um, you know, if you are the type to upvote a cute cat picture, I mean, this is the article for you. Have to upload four times. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's exceeded expectations by the first picture. I mean, the rest is just it's just a standing ovation. So, um, but yeah, um, it is interesting to note that the the difference between the first attempt and this one is really a collapsible that has just a few meows in it. And then, of course, I, I did think this was pretty clever. You know, where it's it's just kind of funny. Um, wh whatever. Uh, so. Yeah, take that for what it is, whether that uh, means that there are more opportune times to post your article for success, whether it's um, getting the right individuals to take a look at it initially out of the gate, or uh, something is something as mild as just, um, you know, pushing the joke one step further, adding something like, uh, you know, something interactive like a collapsible or, or another image. Um, who knows? Who knows? But uh, that is something I thought was very interesting to look at. What's very funny is that uh, RPC has done this before. <laughs> uh, this is one of the few times that I can actually say this, you no, know, ironically. I've sent a link 
Um, oh wow! It's more or less the same gimmick, but with tables, and <laughs> it's higher effort, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look at all the work they went into this. You got hyphenations. You got um, a, a banner. Collapsibles are so well like it. <laughs> where, where are these? Where do these links go to? Oh, they're actually they actually go to different articles. Show pages. That's <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Um, wow. This is a lot of a lot of effort in here. Uh, who wrote this? Let me guess. Table. No. Uh, High gamma. High gamma, okay. which is table. <laughs> which is table. Okay, I figured. Yeah, so this was in uh, 2020, March of 2020. Actually, probably a little earlier than that. Yeah, no, March of 2020. So, yeah, uh, no, good good parallel. This is, um, I, I would say I'd, ha I'd have to downvote this one um, because while it's impressive and while, uh, sure, it's the front runner for this sort of joke, you know, um, you know, in another world, another person, maybe someone would say that the joke on the SAP, the Meow J, has already been done because of this. But uh, I just, I couldn't, don't think I could bring myself to upvote just because it, it's a nice picture. There's only one. Um, it's a nice picture, but it's not really like cute. You know, um, it, it doesn't really have like a cute fact. <laughs> I love this. Look, it's it's like a, a barely a barely visible JPEG of table. And then you got Zalgo text. It's, it's kind of hard to make uh, tables as cute as cats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you just, you got to work with the best ingredients, you know. So um, we saw a cat. We saw a seal. A seal was next with the great, great seal. So, you know, I'm very excited. I'll take a peek at the at the SAP wiki. I think RPC has, has some ways to catch up. I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of getting the picture, uh, no pun. But uh, yeah, they, they need to probably go in the direction of cuter things, I would think. To, to really to really get to the levels of SAP. I agree with you. Yeah. We should talk about dogs next time. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that, that's that's pushing the envelope a little too much right now, I think. But we'll, you know, small steps, maybe we'll get there. Um, okay, so then finally, just to round things out today, uh, we'll save the uh, most tedious for last, which is a political commentary, which uh, we look at the 05 for that and see what's up. Um, not a whole lot is actually going on. It's kind of a sleepy time for the 05. And part of that is because they've, they've uh, put them in front of themselves such a giant meal um, that it's really impossible to take even a small bite of. And that is the entire rewrite of the charter and all of their policy. And um, if once again, there will never be a podcast where I don't mention the Serastes incident, probably until they, until they uh, settle this amongst themselves. But it's once again, it's interesting to see that the whole motive for the charter rewrite was that they ran into a snag. They, they couldn't figure out how to discipline Dexanote, who is the head of discipline and who is an administrator. And so there's been a lot of talk as to the, um, the, the uh, policy details and the policy in and outs of how that would logistically work. And that has inspired them to uh, basically revamp the entirety of their charter uh, and end of their policy. And when you get to this point, uh, this fucking stupid point where you have to rewrite the entire rules of the site to <laughs> discipline one of your top figures, you fucked up along the way. Something went wrong somewhere. Right. We took a wrong turn. And, and we're actually, in my opinion, still taking a, a wrong turn. So you can debate what direction to go in. You can, you can debate turns in the wrong, completely wrong direction, but it's not going to do you any good. Um, you know, the, the gist being that this whole thing was inspired by an incident where someone abused their position. Um, they were essentially uh, completely dismissive of whatever policies and charters were in play already. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense to rewrite something 
that was uh, essentially ignored, uh, essentially shat upon uh, to begin with. So there's no reason to believe that even if you rewrite something like this very uh, thoroughly and it's a hundred times better, it's infinitely better than it was previously, uh, that really doesn't address the issue um, of someone who's willing to step outside of those rules and beyond the boundaries that you set in order to um, in this case, discipline someone or attempt to discipline someone who did not deserve it. Yeah, I see no way this kind of discussion doesn't just end up with not only everyone being burned down, like mm -hmm. burned out, mm -hmm. but turned into fucking particulate matter. Mm -hmm. yeah, we, like at the end of this, you don't exist anymore. You're a, you're a zombie. Yeah, I've been lobotomized. Yes, exactly. I've been in shorter discussions than this. It lasted a single day, and I've come out completely dead in the eyes and I have needed to drink coffee, take a bath and take a few days off. That was just one day. I can't imagine how how long and how grueling this process has to be because uh, this is not just something that is happening in the O5. It's happening in private discords, it's happening in, in staff chats and it's going to keep happening and happening and happening because they can't just drop this. Mm -hmm. Now that it's there, it can't be dropped. And it's really self-imposed because I think, you know, I think a lot of what the discontent comes from is the fact that Dexanote, you know, is not being is not being punished. And this is once again uh, about over a year and a half out from his own admission that this needs to happen. And I wanted to bring this up just because um, this is a very interesting comparison point. So if you look back in August 2021 when Dr. Bright was finally uh, banned, he was actually just given a six-month ban, which, which of course is up by now. And you might be correct or intuitive to ask why he hasn't returned, given that his ban is up. But if you actually read why Dr. Doesn't Bright, give a shit. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I, I think there's I think there's something else that he's afraid of coming back to in addition. Um, but he is probably pretty comfortable there on TikTok with his uh, adolescent audience. But anyways, um, so if you look at Admin Bright, who, uh, if you don't know, the name suggests clearly enough that he was an, an administrator. Uh, Admin Bright has been given a six-month ban for suggesting action against a user based off misinformation without properly fact-checking during a serious case, which resulted in erroneous judgment until corrected later. And so you would be excused for thinking they're talking about the Serastes incident because that is exactly what happened with Dr. Magnus and, uh, and Dexanote. And yet... Um, the only thing potentially the Dex Note has been looking down the barrel of, of course, the trigger has not been pulled, of course, that's what we've been speaking of, um, was a slap on the wrist censure, uh, which outside of the social dynamics of, uh, of the O5 is really just a slap on the wrist. So it's just amazing to see the differential treatment here. Uh, and, and also the, rec the reminder that it's quite easy to discipline uh, an administrator. And, you know, Dr. Bright, for example, was uh, head of the anti-harassment team itself for quite some time. So um, just a lot of strange things going on. And this is a giant distraction. Uh, this, it's, uh, quite, uh, it's quite astounding the amount of red flags that boring because Exonote has threatened to do disciplinary action out of their own free will because they can technically ignore the rules and yeah. have said that they could do that but they will not mm -hmm. for some reason like the only reason you would say that is to threaten the people that are talking to you yeah and actually it's and funny that's um, a red flag for someone who leads the entire disciplinary process that person is ripe to abuse their power and it should be like 
punch that out of the role immediately. Like, do the fucking turtle later. Kick them out. Yeah. And actually, what's really funny is that this um, very thing was voted on to avoid it. So in November, there was a thread that uh, I think uh, AIS Mallard put up on 05 that was basically saying, hey, uh, staff, would you all like to excuse and bypass all of this red tape? Of course, that you know is an infinitude of busy work uh, that is going to be uh, just a perpetual impediment to actually getting any disciplinary action seen or done. Once again, it being very mild a censure compared to even what Dr. Bright had a six-month ban, which was too light as it is. Um, yeah, and so there was a unanimous vote to bypass all of the uh, bureaucratic impediments to just getting the discipline over with, and that was once again a unanimous vote. Um, and the the uh, purpose of the vote was so that something like this didn't have to happen before discipline could be seen. And so once again, this is um, the way I put it: is that uh, the staff is essentially pissing on the leg of the of the user base and telling them that it's that it's raining. And they've been doing this for about a year and a half, and it's just astounding to see. I mean, the only conclusion you can draw is that they uh, have completely different standards for themselves, and they they don't truly want to see anybody disciplined. Uh, I really it's, have to agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And then to make matters worse, um, Dexanote was recused from the from the disciplinary process, from the disciplinary proceedings of his own case, quite obviously, uh, and then and then yet. In the need for rewriting the entirety of the charter, once again, that being an artificial Im impediment, self-imposed, um, Dexanote Dex was given uh, a role on the committee to rewrite his own terms of, of disciplinary treatment. So it's very strange. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and so this is the third, uh, maybe the third or the fourth uh, 05 thread that is about the charter. And uh, this is... Um, probably in the past week or so, eight days, and they have not yet moved past the point of asking what a charter is, what it should go into, and if you look at the actual 04 mirror, which is the site, um, you can see that no one is interested in, in discussing this. Uh, we've seen uh, main site mirrors of 05 threads, which are called 04s, uh, several, several times, a lot of engagement from the community. Um, and yet, this is, this is once again, the third thread on this issue, and if you go back, no one has said anything about any of these in the actual site. So it once again brings to mind um, that basically this is by staff, for staff. Uh, there in no way can be said to be a beneficial thing for the entirety of the wiki. Um, the staff have, have by now completely abscessed them in their own world where nothing nothing outside of it is informing this is just too many cook too many fucking cooks because you yep. have too many people on the staff mm -hmm. all of them have a hand and all of them have opposing opinions and opposing factions and there's Texanot having a hand in this and there's so much like conflicting elements and so many cooks in the kitchen and this meal is never going to be finished um, yeah. the only way projects of this kind of scale ever get passed is if you take a small group of people um, have a vision, have a more or less common vision and just run through with it and maybe run it for feedback and see what to change and just live with the three or four people that will disagree and just... mm -hmm. because otherwise it's not going to get done and mm -hmm. you don't ask people for their opinions at this stage because uh, at that point it becomes a slog of bureaucracy 
Yeah, and that's that's what we're seeing. So if you look at this, so um, w there was like three discussions about overhauling everything and, and having a memorandum on other policy changes while this is happening. Of course, that has not been enacted. There have still been other policy recommendations. Uh, but if you include those, um, there's one, two, three, four, five posts about them already. And so this is just another uh, another project foundation that is never ever going to get completed and is just going to be perpetually de uh, delayed. Um, and, and once again, and this is a, a self-imposed, I don't think it's entirely engineered. I think they actually believe they're, they're doing something good. Um, but that's its own problem, you see. That's really uh, sort of a clinical, a clinical observation of how gone um, their, their ability to gauge what's good for the site really is. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree. When you get to the point where you have to go through this fucking circus to do anything for the site, it's, it's too far gone. Just start over, start over, and this time do it with a direction and without asking that many people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what's happened in these threads that have attempted to make progress is that it's, it's basically just become a, a shouting match, you know, where uh, you, you, can't, you can't even take anything away from it. It's just completely mind-addling and, and, as you said, very, very mind-numbing to even read and much less be a part of. So uh, it'll, there's not much to say. Uh, we've, already, we've already said everything that can be said about it. It's just more of the same. Uh, and I'm just um, I'm, I'm quite, a, I'm quite shocked, really, that uh, this is being... Um, allowed. Not many people are paying attention, I think. Uh, Rounder House is really the only on the staff who likes to bring this up, uh, you know, regularly. But like I said last time, he, even then, he's sort of just politely knocking on the door and asking if they're ready to go out yet. And of course, the answer is no. Um, but anyway, so uh, I think I think it's pretty dangerous. They're playing with fire because uh, this is what the user base was looking at back in the town halls. Uh, it doesn't seem like they've learned their lesson, which, no surprise, they haven't upheld any of the promises during that time either, so um, we'll see. And then if anyone from the O5 is actually watching, uh, you know, ex post facto, uh, your timer thing is busted. HelenBot seems to have been down for multiple weeks. I used to go to the timers to see what's being deleted so that I can scoop up any um, articles for the magazine that I think uh, deserve a little better treatment, like, for example, what we posted this week. Uh, so I can't do that anymore. Uh, the, the timers don't work. Uh, but thank goodness that we have other things like um, the end deletion page that I can just use. Maybe I'll extend an image to Meow J, uh, a publication to Meow J, the first version. See how that goes. But anyway, speaking of which, uh, keep an eye out for publications in the next few weeks. Uh, Almer Duck, I'm looking forward to yours as well. Uh, by this point, yours and uh, Salt Blossoms as well. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all very, very much for joining. Uh, I want to thank uh, Jane Bond, Umberdog, Dr. Fern, that I will do. Thanks for showing up. Uh, always a crazy week in containment fiction. Uh, I have no clue what we're going to talk about next week, but I'm sure there will be plenty of it. So uh, check this out. Feel free to join. Uh, we got a Discord. You can call a number on the screen if you'd like to dial in. You can also call when we're not live to leave a voicemail. We're happy to re uh, listen to that as we did today. And check these out. Um, podcast, Confit Call-In. Uh, you can get to that from our website, www.configmagazine. And also we're on Twitch as SCP Meta. All right, y'all, any closing thoughts, questions, comments, other topics? Uh, I this was fun. has gone way too far. Thank you, that owl dude. Uh, Almer Dick, what did you say? Something has gone too far? This, this airfield fools has gone too far.
April Fools. So. Oh, April Fools. Yeah, we're still. Ruffle up the whole the time. Yeah, the the ripples have ripples, and we're still we're still uh, getting getting rocked back and forth with that. But we'll see. Um, who's gonna leave next? Going for too long. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> no, it's not funny. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was funny to begin with. All right. So who's gonna jump ship next? We don't know. Um, but we'll we'll be there to talk about it. Uh, appreciate y'all. I uh, always love having a sit down with y'all and talk about y'all. Y'all are uh, nerds like I am about this. No one else can talk about this stuff. So uh, really appreciate it. And um, thanks for joining. And I hope to catch you next time. Y'all have a great, great week. Thanks. Yeah.